This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning try. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drives Podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita Show on 105.7 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And we have to start talking about these types of things, Cordell. Uh, We're midway through the season, which means, you know, postseason and all those things are really not far from now which also means the end of the season and then free agency I know I know it it feels like it's a lifetime away but it's really not a lifetime away um Justin Metabike uh, was on the Tyus Bowser show with myself and Glenn Clark on Tuesday night and um I actually made him blush a little bit because we had this conversation about getting paid and, 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 you know, it's time for him to get his money. And he laughed and his face turned red, you know, probably a little embarrassed, but look, the reality is, is that you are up for a big payday. Another person up for a big payday is Patrick queen, um, who has played phenomenal football as well this season. Um, so there's going to be some conversations, some hard conversations by the Ravens front office that will be had. And this is going to be, who are you going to sign? Are you going to sign uh, Justin Medebike? And, and by sign, it could absolutely mean franchise tag as well. Um, if you had to take make a choice on your franchise tag, are you franchise tagging Justin Medebike and trying to get a long-term deal with him? Or are you franchise tagging Patrick Queen um, in order to do that? So put your uh, GM cap on, Cordell. Mm-hmm. If you are the Ravens front office, which guy would you tag at this moment? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. Um, I think it is something that Eric DaCosta and those guys are definitely thinking about right now. It's going to be a tough decision to make um, because both are playing really well right now, and I think they both mean a lot to this defense. Um, without question, the interior pass rusher, carries more weight in today's NFL than an inside linebacker, um, especially when you've already paid one. Um, you would imagine that Matt Abike would probably be the guy that they would like to keep uh, over Queen just because of priority of that position and what Matt Abike is able to do. Um, I guess for me, the question would be, do you really believe that you could put any linebacker next to Roquan Smith and you're going to get that same type of production? That would be the big question to me because I would I could argue that 
while I'm not going to sit here and say you could put anybody in Justin Matabike's place and they'd be doing what Matabike is doing, I think interior defensive linemen is probably something, especially with because that's more of a unit, right? That 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 defensive line is more of a unit thing. Linebackers, yeah, they're a unit, but they can kind of be their own entity. You know what I'm saying? They 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 go solo quite a bit. Um, the D line moves as a unit. So with that logic, I would, I would probably lean towards queen just because mm. I think that while I think Matabike is playing a heck of a year, number one, I can't ignore the fact that Patrick queen has gotten better every year of his career. Matabike, who is having a, a great year this year, this is the first time we've really seen Matabike go to this level. He had five and a half sacks last year. He played really well last year, but he wasn't this. He wasn't. He 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 hasn't been this guy uh, to this point in his career where he's just disruptive. It feels like every game he's arguably one of the best players on the field. Um, and I just I don't know. I'm just going back in time, and you look throughout every sport. You we've seen this. We've seen guys go out of this world when it's a contract year. And then after that, you don't really get the same type of production that you got in that final year of their contract. So I'm not sitting here saying that it would be a bonehead decision for them to franchise tag Matabike. I don't, in, in all honesty, I don't think there's a wrong answer here. I think it's more about how, because you, you have to project. You, you're going to have to project on this. It's not as simple just to go with, what's happening today. You have to right. kind of project, are you going to get that same type of production and maybe even more down the line? I can't sit here and say that I'm confident that Justin Matabike will be able to replicate what he's doing this year on an every year basis or get better. I can sit here and say though, I've watched Patrick Queen get better every year of his career. Every year of his career. I've watched Patrick Queen arguably be this team's at times, this team's best pass rusher. He's one of the best blitzers in the league. He's one of the best open field tacklers right now, which was an issue for him early in his career. It's now a strength. Um, so I'm leaning, I'm leaning more towards Queen because I feel like I don't want to, I gotta be careful how I word this because people take things and run with it. I'm not saying that a BK himself is replaceable, but I feel like the scheme that and we don't know how long Mike McDonald is even gonna be in Baltimore. That's another big part. Alex. Um, can either of these guys succeed without Mike McDonald? That's a valid question. Um, but also I just look at it like, I feel like you may not be able to insert somebody else in there and get the same type of production that Matabike is giving you this year. But I do think that they could get somebody in there and they would be able to still be a part of what's been a dominant front unit for the Ravens this year. So uh, I go back and forth about this because we know that the Ravens already put money into the linebacker position when they paid Roquan Smith. And so it feels like on the surface that they're not going to add more money to that unit um, and that second level and that, um, you know, they would put the money in the first level. But I agree that Patrick Queen has played 
really well to the point that you would like to see, you know, if you could try to um, keep him for another year. But I do also realize that the Ravens are a team that love trenches. They love getting defensive linemen, offensive linemen. And obviously, Meta BK is on the on the first level there. Um, so it feels like just based on the whole Roquan signing and um, how they treat guys up front and, and how it, it is something that they believe to be important that Metabike would be the choice. Now I'm curious to know, and I apologize because I could have done my research on this, um, but I'm curious to know what the cap number would be in terms of, well, excuse me, the tag number. I apologize. The tag number. I'm curious to know what the tag numbers would be in terms of what the defensive linemen would be getting as opposed to um, Patrick Queen, the linebacker. I think that that also could potentially come into play too, because if one is uh, a little bit less and they can afford to do that, that's very possible. But we also have to realize too, that the Odell Beckham contract potentially puts a wrench into this situation. If they don't resign him next year, he has a big cap number um, against the Ravens cap. Um, so I think that there's some different variables that go into play here. Um, who is the who's the, the cheaper option? Who's the guy that they believe that they can sign long term? If they believe that they can sign Metabike long term, it feels like that that's the guy that would get the tag. If Queen is the guy that that's like I really want to stay and don't want you know and I'm willing to work it out, then maybe he gets the tag. And I want to thank you, Spencer, our producer. Um, he advised that the linebacker tag is 15 million and defensive tackle tag is 20 is projected to be 21 million. So that's a $6 million difference right there, Cordell. I mean, and that's something that, again, the Odell uh, signing could potentially play a role in this. If he's somehow not on the Ravens roster next year, because he has a huge cap number um, mm -hmm. against the Ravens next year. So that, that, that can go into play. Um, but I just don't know if the Ravens are comfortable enough to say, well, I'm willing to put more money into the linebacking core and not do enough with the with the, the defensive front. And they are a team that really loves trenches. I think that that's where I get – I just don't – I'm going to squeak it over to Matabike. But, again, he clearly has a higher tag than Patrick Queen. And I think that that's going to matter depending on how they move – uh, with some roster moves this offseason. And I think Matabike is going to demand more money than Patrick Queen when it's all said and done. People are paying Absolutely. these pass yes. rushers through the roof right now. So Matabike with every sack, I mean, the, the price tag gets larger and larger. I think Queen, when it's all said and done, and, and who knows what that relationship is like, you know? Who, who knows how he really feels towards them after not picking up his fifth-year option, you know, after doing some of the things that, and maybe not, um, I think in the past, Queen has felt, has, has, has not felt the love as much as he's feeling now. Um, right. So who knows how much that impacts him uh, when it comes time to negotiate these, these things. But I do think Queen will be the cheaper option of the two. Um, and I get it. Um, you know, not wanting to pay two interior linebackers and kind of forego the interior of your defensive line. I totally understand that, but the Ravens, especially Eric DaCosta, I can't even say the Ravens, Eric DaCosta has done things that are different from some of the things that the Ravens have done in the past. Um, 
he can kind of every time you think you know what the cost is going to do he can kind of do something totally different um to break tendency on the way that this team is historically put together so i i do think it'll be a tough decision to make um but i just look at matabike right now and especially with, with those projected tag numbers i i just think he's going to outprice himself at when it's all yeah. said and done and maybe Maybe he wants to be a Raven enough to where he's willing to take a certain pay cut. I don't know why he would. I don't know why he would, but um, maybe that's the route that he goes. And look, when it's all said and done, they could lose both of these guys. Honestly, yeah. they, they could mess around and lose yep. both. Of them. Um, that's that's a big time possibility. So hey, we're not gonna speak that into existence, friend. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm, we understand not, that that's a possibility, right. but. Yeah, right. we, we somebody's got to stay, okay? Yeah. I, listen, I understand that you can't keep everybody, um, and it is absolutely possible that both guys somehow find a way to go off in free agency because the Ravens choose not to use their franchise tag. I mean, they can absolutely say we're not going to do that. It's a hindrance to our cap. We we can't do that. Um, so it's possible that you do lose both, but what we're not going to do is talk about that <laughs> and put it into the universe and make that a possibility happening here. So we're going to speak. One of these guys got to stay. I mean, obviously you would love both of them to stay, but that's a perfect world. And, and we do not live in a perfect world. And the Ravens, unfortunately, play in a league that is very uh, based on uh, salary cap and being, you know, within uh, compliance of said salary cap. So uh, somebody, you know, is going to have to move on. And it will be interesting to see what guy stays and what guy finally, you know, gets an opportunity to really cash out when this offseason happens. So we got to talk about the bright spot of uh, Sunday's game, which was Keaton Mitchell. Of course, we know that Keaton Mitchell was an undrafted free agent. His father, Anthony Mitchell, of course, was a former Raven, won the first Super Bowl back in 2000. He also was an undrafted free agent, had a phenomenal game uh, against the Seattle Seahawks. And so I think that obviously the conversation is going to be about what his role will be moving forward. Um, and we talked about that just at minimum at their Sunday's game. But I think that that's something that we could explore a little bit more because while I think you know, people like myself, I, I, I love Justice Hill. I think that there that Justice Hill is flawed in some ways. Um, and there's some situations where, you know, he's had the fumble issues. Him and Lamar doing the exchange with the, with the you know, RPO situations have been very um, clumsy, you know. And so it feels like Keaton Mitchell is – here at the right time and it's ripe for the picking uh, for lack of better term in terms of him being able to insert himself more into the running portion of this offense and, and even passing, you know, if he, if he has good hands at this point. Yeah. I mean, Keaton Mitchell came out the gates blazing. I mean, and it is like every time we've seen him, we've seen him make big plays from the yeah. preseason from uh training camp to now. Um, it, First of all, you got to tailor the I you, you got to put it out there that we're not going to see him getting 15 yards and carry every game. Um, you do get a little bit of those Devon A chain vibes though from Miami. Uh, they're rookie mm. where you know he's very efficient and I mean he's hurt right now, he comes back in a couple of weeks, but 
Um, when he was out there, it was kind of that same type of stat line we just got from Keaton Mitchell. Less than 10 carries, somehow over 100 yards, way over 100 yards. Um, I think he does give them that big play possibility. And the Ravens need the home run hitters. As good as this offense has been this year, and they've been inconsistent as well, we haven't gotten but so many games of them really putting it all together. But one of the things that they are missing is that big play ability. They don't, they haven't had it. We haven't really even seen Lamar with the big plays in his legs this year. Um, the big right. plays haven't really been there in the passing game. The Ravens have methodically moved the ball up and down the field, but they haven't been living off some of these 50, 60-yard plays. Um, yeah. Keaton Mitchell gives them another potential home run hitter on the field that can take some of those small gaps that are created and turn them into big runs. I saw times where there's plays that were blocked for about six yards and Keaton Mitchell's taking it for 30. I mean, that's yep. what you want. That That's what you're looking for. And that's what he gives them that Justice Hill doesn't. Justice Hill, I like Justice Hill. We both do. Um, yeah. He is a good back to have when you're down to almost nothing. Let's just be honest. I mean, it, 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 oh, I mean, it's not. It's, it's, it, and it sounded worse. He has a skill. Okay, so I'm thinking worse Justin has a very good skill set, but but he's uh, but but like I said earlier, he I do think that he's flawed. Like the the fumbles I mean, are the, a problem. The fumbles have been a problem. His the pass protection is 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 it could be absolutely better. Right. His pass protection definitely needs work. So right. I, I get it, but. In terms of the way that he runs, and then he, and then he's able to catch passes. I think he's the, I think he's pretty decent. He, he is. I mean, we were both <laughs> on the podcast last year asking for him to get more opportunities. We did, yeah. But also look at when that was happening. There was no Dobbins, and Gus Edwards was hobbled. And if you look at the Ravens and how they viewed him, they really only go to him to play offensively when they're down to nothing. I mean, that's that's kind of the way they unfortunately are, you're right. Are, yes. are orchestrated with him. So that's kind of my logic. It's like, all right, and we've gotten a nice sample size of Justice Hill so far this season. We've gotten a good taste of what he could do on the football field. And what you've gotten is, yeah, you've gotten a couple of spark plays. Um, He does give you something in the past game, but you've also gotten quite a few fumbles that I don't know if it's Lamar. I don't know if it's him, but those two together have been the common denominator and you, you got to fix that. And they're not taking Lamar off the field. I can promise you that. So it'll right. be just as Hill. That'll be the odd man. Now it's just the way that it goes right now. And Gus is, it was good to see Gus getting some chunk runs on Sunday. Um, Gus has cemented himself as the short yardage goal line back. That was never going to change. But the fact that he is now getting some of those 20 yard carries that we saw him get against Seattle, that bodes well for him to kind of stay in the game when the when when the ball is kind of inside, you know, beyond just inside the 20 yard line. Um, so I think Gus will still be the guy back there. And it's not that Justice Hill will go away completely. I still think that they'll sprinkle him in there a little bit. But I think this week you're probably going to see more Keaton Mitchell than you see Justice Hill. I mean, you almost have to, right? I mean, yeah. after that type of performance, why would you not? Yeah, I don't know how. I mean, he averaged 15 yards a carry. Like you said, I don't think that's something that we'll see, you know, week in and week out. But you got to give the man the opportunity, right? And as long as the film ain't out there yet, because I'm always a person that believes that, you know, you got about a good three weeks. 
uh, in terms of um, when a, a new person comes onto the, the field that they have, you have the opportunity to take advantage, right? Mm-hmm. Who's their next two opponents? Cleveland, Cincinnati, two divisional opponents. And that makes two, weeks two and week three. And so for me, I think that you have to absolutely use him because, again, if you're trying to find, you know, some film on, on Keaton Mitchell, well, you, you got the Seattle game, but all you had pre- previously was the preseason game. And we know that the majority of the starters wasn't playing in preseason, right? So now he's playing with actual starters. So it's a different type of level of play. So I absolutely think you got to get them more involved, particularly these next two weeks where these teams really don't know a ton about him. He's shifty, he's fast, but he's also strong. I mean, there's a lot of things that he brings to this table that is is good. And it takes the pressure off of Gus. Gus is going to be the primary back regardless, Mm -hmm. right? He's going to be the guy. He's the guy that gets paid the most money because he got a new deal. He's the guy that he's the bruiser back. He, you know, he's the the downhill type of guy. Um, And and look, Gus has showed us too that he can catch the the ball Mm -hmm. of the backfield as well, right? So we got to start giving him his flowers in that regard too. But he's going to be the primary back for numerous reasons. But it also takes the pressure away from him because Gus has also dealt with injury. And that was something that I was always concerned about. I love the committee because it allows him to continuously stay fresh during a long season. You know what I'm saying? And now adding Keaton Mitchell to the fold absolutely helps in that regard. And like you said, Gus is always going to be the guy that's going to, um, when they get into a certain point, Inside the red zone, more than likely he's going to be the guy that's going to get mm-hmm. the ball, uh, and and rightfully so, right? But and he might end up still being the guy when they play him with the lead to try to you know oh, milk, milk the clock and everything like that to put the game away. I would imagine he'd still be the guy, right? And, and so obviously, you know, if you're Justice Hill, you probably like aren't really thrilled about how this is going because that fool's going to get significantly less carries out of this in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do still think that Gus might get a little bit less, but I think it also mm-hmm. depends on how far up the Ravens are, you know, like certain measures are going to come into play. And but I think Gus, they're going to ride the hot hand too. Like if Gus absolutely. is out, if, if Gus is out there picking up seven to eight yards a pop, I mean, it's going to be tough to take him off the field. Same thing with Keaton Mitchell. If he's yep. out there picking up chunk run after chunk run after chunk run, how can you condone taking him off the field. I, I just, Justice is, I, I just don't see him being able to be that that guy to do either of their roles. He's a he's a nice fill-in-the-blank guy. He's a nice change of pace, um, but he just doesn't have the special abilities that, like Gus's special ability, obviously he's a bruiser. He's a freight train running through there. Keaton Mitchell shows that he could be the fastest guy on the field. Right now, Justice, I don't know what his superpower is to con- to to make the argument that he should get 33 percent of the carries. You know what I'm saying? With the rest of those other two guys. I agree with that. I mean, like you, you, there's he there's good things about Justice. We're not going right, to sit here saying sure. that at all. But, sure. but again, you could say, well, this guy also does does this. This guy also does this. So right. what is it that, that he does that some other player that they already have doesn't do. And that that's yep. going to be the issue. But I'm excited for Keaton Mitchell. I think he earned the opportunity. And mm-hmm. I think that these next two weeks will be very interesting to see how this goes. He's playing against one of the better defenses um, in the Cleveland Browns, we know. 
And then Cincinnati, you know, they're they're I, I I'm you know their their secondary to me is still suspect, but their their front seven is still strong. So uh, we will see more. I'm definitely confident we'll see more of Keaton Mitchell in the next coming weeks. All right, Cordell. So let's get some tidbits here. Speaking of Cleveland, um, we heard from Miles Garrett, who was on the Kay Adams podcast. She asked him about who he would pick over, you know, Lamar or Joe Burrow right now. And he basically said that right now he's he's edging Joe Burrow over Lamar Jackson, who, by the way, um, beat down that defense. Now, we can sit here and talk about, oh, they didn't have Deshaun Watson. Well, they had that whole defense out there, though, when mm-hmm. they played. And they, they, they handedly beat them so um do you care about these types of things when people say stuff like this miles garrett is a phenomenal player probably going to be a hall of fame guy one day um so you know obviously you know he 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 sees these guys pretty regularly but do you care because i don't (laughs) Uh, not, not, not really i mean this isn't one of those bad ones right i mean it's really it's, it's not the most egregious thing for somebody to say that they're going to take Joe Burrow over Lamar Jackson. It's kind of a preference thing. Joe Burrow is an elite quarterback in his league. He's gone to back-to-back AFC championship games. I mean, he, he, he is what he is right now. And he's gotten to levels, team success-wise, that Lamar hasn't gotten to. Um, Joe Burrow is one of the better peer passers in the NFL. So, again, there's no shame in saying that. Um, I guess for me, it's kind of like, why is Miles Garrett giving the Ravens any type of bulletin board material? Yeah. Not that they need it, but I'm just kind of surprised that this is the route he's choosing to go. Um, I think Miles Garrett, if you ask, if they framed the question differently and asked him who's the toughest one to sack or something like that, I think he gives a different answer. Uh, but honestly, when it comes down to these quarterback questions, who would you rather type of quarterback questions? I think it's um, more so about your preference. What do you yeah. look for in a quarterback? I mean, and Miles Garrett said it in the interview, Lamar Jackson has so many, di- Lamar has more ways to beat you than Burrow does. Uh, obviously, Lamar could go out there and rush for over 100 yards and throw for close to 300 yards. But Miles Garrett said he could go out there and throw the ball for over 400 yards and, you know, and, and just put you to sleep in a multitude of different ways. So uh, Miles Garrett is about as credible of a person as you could ask when it comes to this type of question. He faces both of these guys twice a year. He is arguably the best defensive player in the NFL right now. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't have, I, I don't really have an issue with his answer, um, because that's his preference. Uh, and Joe Burrow is heating up right now. I mean, that's, that's clear to see, but Lamar right now, you look and Lamar's up there in some of the MVP. I've saw a couple of MVP races that have Lamar in first place right now and stuff. So, um, I, I think Lamar's playing really good football. Uh, Lamar is just. If, you, if we're asking my opinion, and I don't even know why I put this on myself because this is such a tough thing for me to answer because I do love both quarterbacks. I I, I think they're both incredible. Um, I just think they're, they're both giving you different things. Lamar, right. he, he fits more probably of what I like, you know, just because I'm all about the more you can do, the more you can do. And when you've got edge rushers like Miles Garrett, like TJ Watt, 
you know what I'm saying? Like Nick Bosa and all those guys who are so fast, strong, and physical and are getting to the quarterback. You need somebody that's going to be able to get out of there. You need somebody that can make these defenses play honest. So I I like these mobile quarterbacks like Lamar who aren't just mobile but can also kill you with their arm. Burrow is great. Burrow can sit there and pick your defense apart. He's about as accurate of a quarterback as you'll find. He's about as big of a competitor as you'll find in the NFL. Um, but for me and the style that I like, I would probably go with Lamar. Yeah, I don't have a problem with um, Miles Garrett having a preference, but I'm like you. I mean, why did you say that this week? Because you play the Ravens. You you know, Lamar ain't the type of person. Lamar is the type of person that, you know, he probably heard that and was like, oh, okay. You know, he did, he did the little Cam Newton nod. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And was like, hmm, noted. You know what I'm saying? So now, hey. You, somebody's gonna be out to destroy you. That's all I, I. That's all I know is that you know I don't necessarily consider that bulletin board material. But if you're Lamar Jackson, you might take that a little personal. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm, okay, At, not not after I've shredded your defense. Right. You feel this way still? Oh, okay. I got you. I see what's what's going on. So if I'm Lamar, I, I'm doing that. I'm picking Lamar because let me tell you why. Watch Lamar. On two levels, Cordell, college and pro, do more with less. Lamar won a Heisman at Louisville with guys that you don't even remember who he played with at that point and won an MVP season with guys that I don't even know that they're in the league still at this point. I don't know if Seth Roberts has a job. I don't know if Willie Snead has a job. Hollywood Brown was a rookie that year, so we'll give him that. Mark Andrews is essentially the only guy that you can remember. I don't even know where Hayden Hurst is at this point. He's somewhere in the league. I just don't know where yeah, that honest. is. He's in the okay, dumpsters well, of the league. So the he's team that's not even good, so there's that. So <laughs> I, I, I have to look at it like this. Joe Burrow, um, on both levels, uh, has had elite talent around him essentially almost all his collegiate career because I do remember the first year when he went to LSU, when he transferred from Ohio State. We ain't going to sit here and talk about that, but I, I remember it real well when he was mediocre. what they do the next year? They went out and got elite talent around the guy, and then they went to a national championship. He came to the NFL. He didn't play many. He didn't play long because he had an injury, obviously. But then the next year, they went out, got Jamar Chase, and oh, then they got T. Higgins. So my thing is, is that he's always had elite talent around him. I'm not saying that he's not an elite player. I'm simply saying that he's had elite talent on both levels where Lamar Jackson has not. And Lamar Jackson has ended up winning highest levels of individual accomplishment in those times. So for me, a guy that can do more with less to me is a much is the guy that I want on my team because I know what he can do with less players. So I know what he's going to do with better players, which is now why we're having a conversation about Lamar potentially being um, in the MVP conversation and why the Ravens are seven and two. So yeah, that's I, my I, take. I agree. I, you know, that's where I'm at with that. Um, speaking of which, we talked about the MVP and, uh, in terms of where he is for betting odds. So currently, Lamar Jackson is plus 400 um, in terms of winning the MVP. The Ravens, in terms of Super Bowl odds, are plus 900. How do you feel about that? I feel better about the Super Bowl odds than I do the MVP odds. Um 
I think Lamar has played at an MVP level this year. I do think he deserves to have his name thrown in the hat. I don't know if for me, if the season ends today, if I believe Lamar Jackson is in first place for right. the MVP. Um, definitely think he should be in a conversation, but I don't I, I don't know if it's been enough to say that he's gonna beat out Mahomes. As even if people want to make the argument that that and I could hear it that that defense is really the thing for Kansas City this year more more than it's been necessarily the offense, especially compared to years past. But it's it's just the way it goes, you know. It's is how the voting operates and everything. And um, so Jalen Hurts is still ha- what I think the Eagles have the best record in the NFL yeah, right now. Tyreek Hill has been out of this world. I mean, you could make the argument for him to be in first place right now. I think Lamar's name should definitely be in the hat. Um, but I don't, I don't know if I have him winning the MVP today. Um, if this season and then the Super Bowl odds, you feel a little better about, it. I mean, I look around the league and first of all, plus 900, that's pretty good. Um, I'm you, thinking if, about putting down you know, could, $20. Down. I mean, that's, that's the lunch, you yeah, know, yeah, if I can put down $20 that'll, that'll, and the Ravens win the Super Bowl, I make out. That'll feed you. That's, that's a good lunch date right there. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? That, that'll go get you something good. Um, I look around the league and the Ravens look like the most complete team to me right now. I mean, we'll see what happens with the Niners going forward because they were to me, the most complete team on all sides of the ball. Um, but obviously they have come back down to earth a little bit over the last what three weeks. I think they've got three straight losses. Um, the chiefs are still there, obviously, uh, but in, at least if we're looking in the AFC, it's the Chiefs and Ravens to me. And everybody else is kind of, yeah, there are teams like Cincinnati who's heating up. Buffalo, you still got to keep your eye on. The Dolphins are good, but I think they have a ceiling on how good they can be. They can't realistically. be over 500 as and they of can't right win now. outside of Miami. So yeah. um, I, I just I don't put a lot of stock into them right now. So, yeah, I mean, I, I feel better about this team as a Super Bowl candidate than I do Lamar winning MVP right now, just because really that Ravens defense to me looks like a Super Bowl winning defense. And with the offense, with what the offense is doing to this point in the year, I think the offense can do just enough um, to win it all. I agree with you there. Um, I, I think that Lamar, while he is having a phenomenal year, I think statistics still matter. And I think that the people that vote for that um, look at that. And as of right now, he probably doesn't qualify. But, it, you know, I think he qualifies because I watch him every week and I think that he's played at a very high level. But again, if you're stat counting, then it's a different story. Um, that defense, though, really can put the Ravens in, in position to um, advance to the Super Bowl, in my opinion. So uh, if you're a betting person, you know, I, I put down a couple dollars on the Ravens winning the Super Bowl, or get, you know, win it at all. Why not? You know what I mean? Like you can make a little bit of change off of it. Do it now, though. Don't wait till, you know, the end of the season. And if somehow the Ravens only, you know, uh, if they're like 13 and four or something like Mm -hmm. that, of course, the odds are going to start going down a little bit because, you know, they're going to be like, oh, they're really good. And then then you're close to the playoffs. If I were you, I would do that right now. Uh, But absolutely, I can see. Lamar potentially still being in the running in the second half. Of course, we're getting to the point now, Cordell, where it's like people are probably starting to wonder, like with this whole situation with the ankle, right? Um, 
people are like, oh, it's the second part of the season. You know, I'm concerned. And I and I don't think that we should think like that. I think that, you know, as of right now, Lamar's played well. It appears that he's fine in terms of that ankle. Um, so they're going to continue to play good football. And if Lamar and that offense is clicking enough to the, to their, it's, it's, you know, nothing that they can come back from, you're going to see more Tyler Huntley uh, moving forward. So I actually would prefer that, you know, look, let's see more Tyler Huntley. Cause that means that the Ravens got a big lead and they don't feel like that, that, that uh, their opposing team is going to come back from that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Lamar, I think Lamar's fine. He seemed fine after the game. Um, yeah. So I know. And Harb said on Monday that, you know, he was fine. So we'll see, we'll see today. If he's out there at practice, um, obviously, if he doesn't practice on Wednesday, the alarm bells are going to start ringing. Um, so I'm is, hoping, it, it, I'm listen, hoping Wednesday practices don't do me no – I don't care about Wednesday practices like other people. Thursday and Friday is where it starts getting mm-hmm. a little murky. You know, look, if he gets a rest day, he gets a rest day. It is what it is. Now, obviously, you they're playing the Browns, so I understand, like, being concerned. Don't be concerned. If Thursday and Friday comes and he ain't out there, that's a concern. But I don't, I don't think it's an issue. Let's not put that juju uh, into the universe. Lamar is fine, um, and he's going to continue to play at a MVP level. So put your bets in now while you can uh, because you can make some money <laughs> if, if, in fact, comes to fruition. Uh, so we appreciate y'all for that. It, next episode, we will preview the Cleveland Browns with Miles Garrett. It looks as though Deshaun Watson will be playing um, on Sunday. Uh, and so this will be interesting, right? The first time that the Ravens played the Browns, they did not play against Deshaun Watson. Um, but he will be back, and it looks like that they're a different team when he's playing. So we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll preview the offenses and the defenses and our final scores as well. We want to thank you all for listening. From Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 